following episode of Blast Points was recorded two weeks ago before the solo trailer came out. So if it sounds like they are talking about old stuff, it's because they are. And now with your regularly scheduled program. I'm looking for someone. Looking? Found someone you have, I would say. <laughs> One of the earlier things I did is I got Joe Johnston to work on Yoda to try to figure out you know, what he would look like so it would be easier to write him. That really comes from a tradition in mythological storytelling fairy tales of the hero finding a little creature on the side of the road that seems very insignificant and not very important who comes out to be... Uh, the master wizard, the master thing, or the guide, uh, the main guide in the movie for the hero. Uh, and so I wanted him to be a little insignificant character, something that, like a frog or something that you just didn't pay any attention to. And he turns out to be the most powerful Jedi in the universe. For my ally is the Force, and the powerful ally it is. The Force lightsaber and new Yoda puppet, each sold separately from Kenner Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection. Milkers everywhere, welcome to episode number 119. Blast Points, this is Jason. And this is Gabe too. And this week we are going to be talking all about the Yoda puppet, the biggest gamble of The Empire Strikes Back. The whole weight of the movie rested on the shoulders of that little puppet. Yeah, and with the success of Empire, we've gotten, what, four, now with Last Jedi, four completely different Yoda puppets throughout the Star Wars saga, so we can talk a little bit about those, too. But that's coming up, but first, let's talk about Solo. Han 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 Solo. We knew it was coming, but I think I I still wasn't prepared for what what Denny's gave us, the gifts bestowed upon us. I like that right now, Star Wars fans have Denny's fever. Well, Star Wars fans probably already had a little bit of Denny's fever, but... Somewhere, someone was like, Star Wars fans love going to Denny's. The only the only restaurant that was sold out during celebration was Denny's. People were taking their Denny's to go and eating it at McDonald's. What was it last week? The whole Denny's thing kicked off. The whole Denny's solo thing kicked off. We got out of nowhere. No one expected it. Like we are seeing basically like another teaser trailer, but it's a Denny's solo commercial. It's such high quality. It's like I don't think this any of this is in the movie. But it looks like it could be in the movie. I'm sure the creatures are probably in the movie, but I don't know. Have we ever even had such a weird ad that's it's not really it's an ad, but it's also like a teaser. I mean, other than, you know, Yoda trying to steal Pepsi cans and things in in actual commercials. But this is just it's a it's a strange mix of trailer and commercial. It blew my mind when it came out. It's out of control creatures. 
it's a dream come true of going into Denny's and it's just full of Star Wars cantina aliens and Chewbacca drinking milk. <laughs> well, it starts out with that little that little fuzzy mouse guy walking in. Yeah, you get to see him from the back. You're not sure how cool he is yet. We get a, what, a blue milk dispenser for Chewy. The music's awesome. It's like Tibetan throat singing, but it's a frog. It's a full size frog man singing. Some angry uh, Viking guy playing the banjo. There's a there's a ram's horn guy hanging out, leaning against a wall. And then even the humans have like these big crazy. Uh, they're like furry Mickey Mouse hats or something. And there's a guy with like 80 sunglasses talking to the uh, to the mouse guy. Do you think is this like? In like in the teaser trailer, and you can see Lando, and they're gambling. Do you do you think this is that place? I don't know. I was thinking about that. Like it seems like it's at least the same creatures that are there, but it looked like in the in the in the teaser trailer that it was a bigger room. I don't know. That's what's so strange about this. Like it's so well done. I can't tell if it's what's supposed to be movie and what's not i guess it's got to all be commercial because all the humans are eating denny's if you look on their plate there's like cheeseburgers and stuff cheeseburgers and scrambled or fried eggs and stuff but then we're introduced to basically the uh what what the star wars what star wars fandom needs therm what scissor punch <laughs> he's the he's the band-aid to star wars fandoms therm scissor punch He's literally a lobster man. It's like he's not just like, you know, he's got lobster claws or he's kind of got a lobster face. He's like I guess he's a cook maybe, right? He's if you order the, the green spaghetti at Denny's, there's a lobster man cutting it up in the back for you. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. Now, we don't know what his feet or legs look like, so he could have a giant lobster tail. And they just, they're holding out on us because we got to stay alive. Maybe he knew King Prana. I don't know. (laughs) The Scissor Punch Dynasty. His father, Therm Scissor Punch Sr., I'm sure was a a senator. The, uh, The thing I love with Therm Scissor Punch is that name is like straight up Return of the Jedi, Phil Tippett. What's this guy's name? I don't know. Therm Scissor Punch. Uh, well, and if we're lucky, we'll get like a, a beverage that's flavorous uh, Scissor Punch to go with uh, rock juice and uh, paper berry. There's so much good stuff. The alligator goggles guy. Oh, yeah. And the six eyes. And then the little two headed thing that apparently is best friends with Lando. I love that two-headed guy. I love the sounds that it makes. And I like that even though it looks like it's like a worm thing, it does have arms. So because it's holding cards. I don't know. I'm really I'm ready for a two hour just card game movie with aliens. Any Anything more than that is just a bonus at this point. Why can't we get a T-shirt with that two-headed worm thing? Where's a therm scissor punch flag for outside your house? A kite? Yeah, I hope we get solo kites with the movie coming. Now that the movies are back out in the spring, right? Why not? The uh, the goat head man on a kite. Why can't I get a denim jacket with an airbrush picture of therm scissor punch on the back? With like incursive writing therm scissor punch with glitter around it. Have you looked on Etsy yet? I'm afraid. Yeah, because you're going to find one now and you're going to have to buy it and it's going to be $400. <laughs> you wanted it. Somebody made it. Sure hope your hand's better than his. Why don't you worry about your own hand? Why don't I do this? I don't know. I like th- I, I like these kids so much. After watching this, it really makes me wish they make a like young, young, young solo Lando show, which is like kid versions of them. I did yeah, like my I, like at first I thought my eyes were like playing tricks on me, like when they show like young kid Han Solo, where I'm just like, is that all Nar- Aaron Reich? What? What's going on? And even like the the young Lando, it's like, where did they find 
Wait, is it digital? Is it digital, Donald Glover? What's happening? <laughs> yeah, those can CG. The Denny's menu is unbelievable. They know what Star Wars fans want to eat. They want to eat the freakiest stuff you've ever heard of. There's like a hot spicy burger with what, like chipotle round tater tots and a pancake with pop rocks on it. <laughs> yeah, they want all sorts of colors to come out of you when you're done at Denny's. Later that day or the next day, you're, you remember, oh, yeah, Solo's coming. Getting ready for Solo in the best way possible. I don't know if you've seen on social media out there, folks, but we have started an exclusive club, the Blast Points Moons Over Mimbin Cloud Riders Club. And all you got to do to join this club, if you go to Denny's wearing your Blast Points t-shirt and take a picture of you at Denny's enjoying your solo food in a Blast Points shirt and your exclusive member of the club. So far, we've got two members. Heroes of the Rebellion and the Resistance. We got the fantastic uh, Joe Two in Grand Rapids. He went. And we got on Twitter... She's known as the the Greer Sonnel. She got herself a Lando cup over at Denny's wearing her Blast Point shirt. So you want to be part of this exclusive club. Yeah, it's kind of like instead of being part of the resistance, you're part of the I can't resistance. <laughs> because I got to go to Denny's and I got to get and eat this stuff. And I got to wear a Blast Point shirt. I'm going really soon. I really hope. I, I, all, all I really want is an L337 card um, but the man the card set is good for a, for a sneak peek because we get a great shot of the range trooper six eyes oh and a beautiful beautiful shot of moloch what do you think do you think he could be a pike underneath that mask or is this a new kind of alien you think now it's kind of pike but it's like bug man or something and it looks like he's holding like the staff of Ra or something i'm really into it made out of either out of bones or a bunch of like those popcorn balls that you get at parties that no one wants to eat. He collects those at parties and shapes them into staffs. Like, let me, let me mold your popcorn balls. <laughs> Greeting, Han Solo. Have any popcorn balls for Moloch? <laughs> and we got our first official, like official, official confirmation of the weird dude in the mask. Or the weird person in a mask. We don't know. And Figgy's Nest. However that's pronounced. Enfis. Enfis Nest. Uh, with his or her or its like bird wrist things. Well, they're the, they're the leader of the cloud riders, right? Those uh, swoop bike ruffians causing trouble. Straight out of the 70s. Marvel comics. Unbelievable. You know, one other thing with the the little bits of merchandise stuff coming out, I don't know if you noticed, because there's, I think the Funko Pops have it. And then if you look at the, uh, there's a picture of uh, Chewie's uh, Nerf gun. It has a full on Chewie with goggles picture on the front. I'm still, I got my fingers crossed that we're going to get a lot of Chewie and goggles action because I didn't know I needed that until they showed it to me. And now I can't get enough of Chewie wearing goggles. <laughs> I mean, I guess there's a little tease in Empire, right? When he had the the like welding thing on, but full on goggle Chewie. Maybe before he got contacts or something, he just had to wear his prescription goggles. I don't know. It's crazy to think that Solo comes out next month. I think everyone's just in shock that we're literally, yeah, it's like we're a month away from another Star Wars movie. We're still full from Last Jedi, but who who would have thought that we would ever live in the golden era of of history where there's just like Star Wars coming out of the woodwork and it everything I see just looks ridiculous. You got a lobster man eating green noodles. It's a beautiful time to be alive. <laughs> figures each sold separately. Beep, 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 beep. It's okay, R2-D2. I've got my laser pistol. Hold it, Luke. 
you're afraid of your snake, Yoda. You have nothing to fear. The Force is all around us. Yoda and other action figures each sold separately. From Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection. From Kenner. So people kind of tend to forget that after the success, overwhelming success of 1977 Star Wars, just how much of the future of everything Star Wars was riding on The Empire Strikes Back. Lucas financed the whole thing himself. And what was it for a while? He even thought about giving it to Fox and being like, you guys handle this. I'm done. But he couldn't do it. He like had to stay with it. He wanted to finish the story. And Lucas being Lucas, he's just like, I want to do it and I want to do it my way. And I can afford to pay for this whole thing myself. And no one can tell me what to do now. But if The Empire Strikes Back came out and tanked, if it was a bad movie and it was a fluke, the whole Star Wars thing, and they couldn't recreate the phenomenon over again a second time, None of this would be around today. There'd be no solo at Denny's if not for the success of The Empire Strikes Back. Right. We'd be eating uh, Planet of the Apes meals or something. Silent running reboot at IHOP or something. <laughs> I don't think you can have a silent running after IHOP. <laughs> Well, the biggest risk of The Empire Strikes Back is the entire middle act of the movie. You've basically got a puppet talking about the Force for the entire middle act. Yeah, because as crazy as the original film starting out with two robots talking to each other for, you know, 15 minutes in the desert, we're now taking that to the next extreme of a little rubber green puppet basically Coming across as the wisest character in the universe, you know, just giving wisdom and training Luke how to be a Jedi. If this puppet didn't work, if this puppet came out and looked like Kermit the Frog or something, or if one person in any screen of The Empire Strikes Back laughed when Yoda came on the screen, then the whole movie would not work. If you didn't believe in Yoda, you're not going to believe in The Empire Strikes Back. And no matter how cool the Battle Hoth would be, Everyone walk out being like, but yeah, Luke and that Muppet in the middle, no. And then, like we said, and then there would be no Star Wars today as we know it. Like, it was all resting kind of on the success and failure of Yoda. And Empire was was more ambitious in every single way. Hoth, Cloud City, and Asteroid Chase all pushed the limits of what ILM could do at the time. But Yoda was a whole different thing. Like, ILM didn't even really get involved in Yoda. And they didn't even, the, like, Irvin Kirshner, George Lucas, they did not know how they were going to pull off Yoda until the absolute last minute. Like, it almost didn't work at all. When I created Yoda, I said I want him to be really, really small, uh, but not you know, six feet, I want to, you know, be about 18 inches, two feet high. And to do that, I said, well, what am I going to do? And how am I going to get a character? And what, you know, what am I going to do? Whenever I'm creating one of these films, I mean, I have my imagination. And if I were a novelist, I could just write it and I wouldn't have to think about it. But I write it and then I say, well, now how am I going to do this? You know, how am I going to pull this off? And I decided to do it as a puppet. I thought that was the best. But originally, you know, Yoda, the whole, the whole middle part of Yoda wasn't even supposed to be there anyways. Originally, it was supposed to be, as everyone knows, Obi-Wan training Luke in the second part of the story. But like we said in the in the Marsha Lucas episode a few episodes back, after Marsha had the suggestion of killing off Obi-Wan, and you could tell, like we talked about in the Lee Brackett episode, they were still kind of figuring that out. In the early Lee Brackett drafts, there was kind of a lot more Obi-Wan than there was actual Yoda training. Yeah, back when Yoda was the minch, he was kind of just a little jerk by time until Ghost Obi-Wan. Well, and, and uh, Ghost Father of Luke showed up, too, to do a lot of the a lot of the training and wisdom passing. 
when Lawrence Kasson came over to kind of take over screenwriting duties, his idea for Yoda was, you know, a nine foot tall wizard guy with a big beard. Because he was just like, yeah, it's, it's like, it's like God, you know, it should be like a big beard wizard. <laughs> so around this time, too, George Lucas had Joe Johnston working on little sketches of Yoda, a.k.a. the Minch. And um, he looked very, very kind of gnome like, like Papa Smurf kind of Minch. Yeah, it would have been a very different movie if Yoda would have been Papa Smurf. And then so the, those designs kind of got handed off to Ralph McQuarrie. And then McQuarrie kind of honed in more on the whole concept of him being like a little two foot tall little elf man, a little frog, right? Yeah. Everyone kind of agreed that that was the way to go for Yoda, but that it was the big question of how in the world do you do it? And they tested a monkey. Like they put a monkey in a rubber mask and for a while entertained the idea of, could we get a monkey to play the oldest and wisest Jedi master of all time? They could have made it work. They just got, they just, they're lazy. I'm like, they talked about the idea of doing like a Muppet type of puppet thing, but the, they were really concerned on what that would look like in close up. Yeah. Cause I guess at this point, I mean, we never, I mean, there had been rubber creatures in films, but never anything acting in emoting other than maybe something that was stop motion or yeah, I can't. Right. Yeah. Or, or like animated or something. And, and they played with the idea also of stop motion. I think if they did stop motion Yoda, they'd still be working on it. <laughs> like the sequel to Star Wars is going to come out any day now, as soon as we get this stop motion done. They talked about the idea of like a little person in a suit, and then they talked about like a child, like four or five-year-old child in a suit. They really had no idea what to do. And the movie like had to start filming. They had to go to Norway, get this thing going, and they literally had no clue how they were going to pull off the most important character in the entire middle act of this movie. So then much later in comes Stuart Freeborn who worked on a new hope. He did uh, Chewbacca's mask and he starts working on Yoda. So according to J.W. Rinsler's making of the Empire Strikes Back book, Freeborn was working on a mold of his own face of just like practice. And basically, George Lucas comes walking into his office and is like, I do you want to start uh, working on uh, some ideas for Yoda? And Freeborn is just like, oh, OK, sure. And he's like, and I need it this afternoon. So Freeborn is like, I had this sculpture of my head and he basically changed it around, put pointy ears on it and he put a wet cloth over the top of it. Lucas shows up a few hours later. Freeborn pulls off the cloth. George Lucas looks at it super up close and says, yep, that's it. That's Yoda. He showed me a few drawings and things he had with him, and I looked at them. And uh, I thought, well, that's interesting there and there, but uh, I want something in more depth. I looked in the mirror, and I thought, well, something perhaps a little bit amusing about my face at least I could get that in so I modeled something of myself and uh, I thought now I've got to make him look intelligent and I got this photograph of Einstein and on top of what I'd roughly done of myself I then put the Einstein wrinkles in all around so Lucas brings in Jim Henson. I was like, well, if we, if anybody can figure out how to make this thing work, it's going to be Jim Henson. And so uh, I'd known Jim Henson, and I went to Jim and said, you know, do you want to do this? Because I really asked Jim to do it first. And he said, well, I'm busy. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And I'm making a movie and all that. And I really can't. But how about, you know, Frank? You know, Frank's the other half of me and everything. And I said, well, that'd be fantastic. But basically Henson is like, well, I'll give you some of the best people I've got to pull this thing off because Empire is already starting filming. And he's like, I can let you borrow some of my folks. You can have Frank Oz. You can have Wendy Midner, who kind of Wendy Midner is like the secret weapon of Yoda that no one ever talks about. She later married Brian Froud is a fantasy illustrator and he did a ton of work on the dark crystal and labyrinth and he's written all kinds of books about goblins and gnomes and stuff like that. 
So Wendy Midner, she basically helped Freeborn kind of take his sculpture of the Yoda head and the body. And she kind of told him, here's how you make this a workable puppet that we can get to move in the realistic fashion that this movie needs. Here's how we can do the electronics and here's how we can make him emote like a real character. Well, it really wasn't up to me to see it. I, 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 uh, told Stuart who took a cast of my hand and arm, told Stuart, uh, at various stages along the way, what I needed. And Jim Henson was there also to, to say what, uh, would be helpful to me. And Wendy was there also. And so it was, it was just me saying, Hey, Stuart, uh, Here's here are my needs, and Stuart was the one who really did it. Stuart and Wendy and uh, and such. So, um, remind me of just for the record who Wendy is. Oh, Wendy is the uh, uh, blonde lady right here who was working with me. There's Kathy Mullen and Wendy Meidner, and yourself and myself from the Muppet team. Right, right. I came in and sculpted on it. Um, and also, I helped puppeteer. I puppeteered the ears. <laughs> so I was on set the whole time with Frank Oz and uh, the other puppeteers. Henson gives him uh, the guy Nick Malley, who supposedly spent 60 hours working on the, the animatronic head. Um, when I got involved, I was first involved in making the molds and the skins and overseeing the skulls. And I thought that was all we were going to do because I thought we were only making one Yoda. Uh, but then they wanted a walking Yoda, and instead of building something that had a little movement, I tried to build something that had all the movements that they could possibly want. And um, myself and one of the trainees um, worked day and night for three days. We put in 60 hours in three days and built the puppet that you see standing in the forest. And this one is built in exactly the same way. It has all the same movements. Um, you're seeing it standing there like a doll, but when a puppet's arm goes inside, you get the neck movement, the mouth movement, and the eyebrow movement. With the cable controls that are behind me, we've got uh, ear movement and eye movement and eyelid movement. And with this team, finally the construction of Yoda is underway. So meanwhile, as Empire's out filming, there's the big blizzard in Norway. Second unit director, John Barry, dies. Kirshner is under incredible pressure. The budget is soaring. There's all kinds of filming problems. Eric Idle and the Rolling Stones are having late night parties and getting everybody wasted on the Cloud City set. All kinds of crazy stuff's going wrong. Meanwhile, Freeborn is under enormous pressure to get this puppet working and get it like we said before, like close up ready as real as Mark Hamill talking to him. Yoda's got to be good to go. He is a puppet. So we now have to make uh, the, what we hoped to appear to be the real thing rather than just a puppet. Um, he, he's quite a clever little fellow. He's 400 years old. And of course he has the power of the force. In fact, I think he is the force himself. We've been on this little fellow now for about four weeks, and uh, we have another four weeks to go. We've got to achieve an awful lot in a short space of time. Anyway, once he starts talking, he can't stop him. Yes, yeah, you see, yes. <laughs> so one night, Frank Oz is there messing around with Stuart Freeborn, and Stuart Freeborn's like showing him like the head, how it's going, and he drops it, and the whole thing shatters on the floor. <laughs> they got to start over. They're building tons of different Yoda puppets. Filming is wrapping up, and Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher are done filming, and it's literally just Mark Hamill left. It's August 1979. They're just about to start filming on the Dagobah sets which are filled with water and smell horrible. There's like real snakes and stuff, and it's just like a really bad situation. Yeah, because didn't they lose some of the snakes? They just disappeared into the jungle and they weren't able to find them. Finally, Yoda is on the set, and Kirshner is like panicking because this thing has to look real, and they're filming it, and no one even during filming is like confident that this thing is going to work at all. 
Yeah, they're, I think, what, Kirshner and Lucas are convinced it's going to be a disaster pretty much the whole time. Kirshner's still under enormous pressure just because they're so over budget. He needs to wrap up filming, and he's kind of giving direction to Frank Oz like an actor. Like, okay, move over here, do this. And what is it? Frank Oz said something like, for every single movement Yoda made, it would take tons of time to practice that and to get it right. And so every single shot, every single move took rehearsals and practice. And they didn't just didn't have time to make it happen. Uh, the Bach Planet is, is a, as you say, an extraordinarily difficult set. Uh, and I feel uh, dissatisfied, greatly dissatisfied with what I could do. Uh, the terrible thing is here's a picture that's this expensive, really ex- quite... Uh, almost insanely expensive, and yet uh, I had to compromise all the way down the line. I had to compromise with every shot, with the characters that we created, the Yoda. I had to compromise in the sequences. I had to leave things for the second unit to do that I wanted very much to do, and which is never the same as in my eyes as I do it. I'm sure that the audience won't know the difference, but in my eyes it's quite different. I'm very dissatisfied. Unfortunately, the Bond Planet came at the end of the shooting, and the pressure is on to complete it. And uh, I think I shot the thing uh, uh, faster than uh, than I would shoot a television show, even though, and this may sound ridiculous, uh, there are days in which I spent eight and nine hours on the Bond Planet doing one day. I last night did six and a half seconds of film. Six and a half seconds took the whole day. Yesterday, the second unit one shot, which took about ten hours. And I don't think the shot will be held for more than seven seconds. So they didn't even kind of realize that it was working, I think, until they started viewing it in, like, the dailies. Like, after they'd be done filming and they would review the footage and somehow the puppet was working. And, like, a lot of the success of Yoda has to do with, as it's been said many, many times, Mark Hamill's performance, how Kirshner shot Yoda how much Frank Oz put himself into the character of Yoda. It was the perfect combination to make this impossible thing work. Yeah. And I always like the part for, you know, to give Mark Hamill credit, like in addition to just having to act convincingly with this puppet, he always brings up the fact that he had the earpiece in to hear Yoda's dialogue and it kept just picking up radio stations and random things. So a lot of the time he was just reacting to this rubber puppet's mouth moving and not even hearing what Frank Oz was saying. And he just had to sell it. Just like Mark Hamill, you had to believe in Yoda. Erwin Kirshner didn't have time to think about how to do this differently because of this puppet. Like his, the pressure he was under to finish The Empire Strikes Back was almost perfect because you had no time to think about it. Just film it. Go, you know? (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Yeah, you just got to go with it and hope for the best. September, even second unit's going on. And they had Deep Roy, world-famous Deep Roy, on his knees for a lot of the long shots of Yoda. So, like, any time you'd see Yoda on the ground or something, or when Yoda's lifting the the X-Wing out of the swamp and you can see Yoda off on the horizon... That's Deep Roy on his knees. I'm still amazed by that. That I don't. Did you know about that until the Rinser book came out? I saw Deep Roy at a convention once, like on his banner behind him, picture of Yoda. And it was like Deep Roy Yoda in The Empire Strikes Back. And I was like, no, you weren't. Yeah, Yoda was a puppet. But yeah, I didn't know the whole story and the details. Literally, yeah, until Rinser's book came out. Yeah, that was a pretty well kept secret i think well and even there's a story that george lucas wasn't keen on frank oz doing the voice originally by the way george didn't want my voice in the beginning i gave him a tape he said no thank you and in post-production for about a year i heard that he was auditioning voices for yoda he had no intention to use me for voice and then i was on my honeymoon with my first wife about 25 years ago or 30 years ago and he said, uh, Frank, maybe, could you come out uh, in Hawaii? Could you come out? And I think we'd like to try your voice. And so we, I flew back and recorded Yoda. I guess generally when, if George Lucas doesn't like your voice, it's a good sign that it's the right voice. Since 
that tends to keep happening. <laughs> Maybe they were going to get original Baru was going to do the Yoda voice. Sheila Fraser. Somebody get Sheila Fraser in here. Luke. Luke. Do or do not, Luke. Do or do not. Luke. 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 So Empire finishes Luke. finally with Luke. a finished with a $33 million spend originally versus it's 18 million that it was planned for. It opens up in May of 1980. Of course it's huge. Yoda goes on to be one of the most beloved characters in all of star Wars. What freeborn and that the team that Henson put together, that's a legacy that's still felt in every single star Wars movie. You can feel it in what Neil Scanlon is doing today. Like Yoda is like the standard I feel like to what all Star Wars believable creatures strive for. Yeah. And then even as that was carried, they were carried over and as they were doing, starting to do the CG creatures, like making Yoda work in CG was as big of a deal as making him work as a puppet and kind of set a digital standard for a main character. We wouldn't have Tarkin if we didn't have CG Yoda. (laughs) It's true. Somehow it all worked. Somehow Empire Strikes Back worked. Nobody ever laughed at Yoda. No one ever thought that Yoda was a Muppet when he came out. Although when I was a little kid, I remember walking out of the theater and I remember wondering why Yoda sounded like Grover. But then what was going on with Return of the Jedi? They built a whole new Yoda puppet for Jedi, right? Yeah, well, I think the whole thing with Empire, Empire ended up working, but they never really finished it up correctly so when it came time to do jedi yoda was coming back they hired freeborn to come on and he did you know ewoks and other things but part of why they had him come back was to bake a new yoda and maybe it had something to do with pressure from the first time but apparently he didn't really start on yoda for jedi till the last minute in uh in the rinser books it's like they keep asking well where's yoda when's yoda gonna be done and he didn't have it done until literally the morning they started filming, which, again, potentially caused some Yoda issues. So, like, in the Renzor book, does it talk about, like, were were there any improvements to the puppet from Empire to Jedi? Or was it built differently? Yeah, so they, they tried to, they, as you'll see, as they keep making Yoda puppets, they're always trying to make it lighter. I believe it was a new mold with a little more room for Frank Oz's hand. He actually had real joints because the Empire puppet was just like Muppet arms that just kind of didn't actually have bones in them. So the Jedi one actually had kind of like a skeleton with with real working joints. Um, But the color was kind of off because they did it so quickly. Like he's actually more green. He's less kind of natural looking. And they had problems with the eyes, which... I never noticed my whole life until I read the Rinsler book and they're talking about all the problems I had with the eyes. And now when I go back and watch Jedi, like you can see Yoda's a little cross-eyed because they they tried to improve the controls. But there's actually another uh, subtle change. So since they were starting over with a new mold, they started with the same mold, but Freeborn redeveloped the head to correct some of the Empire problems. They also slightly modified his upper lip. To look closer to Albert Einstein's mustache. Weird. Now, I never known that in my whole life. Yeah, his upper lip is slightly different. And the eye problem came about because they were trying to make his eyelids so you could shut them because he needed to close his eyes when he died. And in Empire, he never had to completely close his eyes. That's a really good point. I've never thought about that. Yeah, so you would think they learned... How to do it the first time, but there's always something new, uh, which we'll see with what? The third Yoda puppet, who unfortunately didn't win our uh, Star Wars award for best Yoda puppet. But George Lucas decides to make another Star Wars movie going back in time for Phantom Menace. And there's the Jedi Council. And who is going to be in the Jedi Council? None other than everyone's favorite Yoda. I'm really glad that the Internet wasn't like it what, like it is today back then. I love Phantom Menace Yoda. OG Phantom Menace Yoda. And I can admit that I think in the summer of 99, I tried to tell myself that it was right. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if it really bothered me at first. I don't think it did. I think I was just happy to see Yoda. 
I think everybody was just happy to see Yoda. He looks a little bit better in the movies than he does in some photographs. Because every once in a while you'd see a photograph of Phantom Menace Yoda and you'd be like, Ugh. on screen, you can you can kind of roll with it. And I think the voice does a lot for that. And you know what I think it was? I think I don't think it was until Attack of the Clones came out and we saw how good CG Yoda looked that we thought about it too much. Because I almost feel like when Phantom Menace was out, I was like, OK, Yoda looks different, but they're going to explain that. <laughs> Right. Like we don't know the story yet. So maybe there's a reason that Yoda like ages so much in in uh, 20 years, even though he's 800 years old. But when they were doing Phantom Menace, like they started with the best intentions, like Lucas knew Yoda was going to be important. He knew he couldn't do it without Frank Oz. And Nick Dudman was in charge of the creatures. And he had worked on Freeborn's team all the way back, I believe, on Empire. So he got someone who knew what who knew what Yoda was. But the big difference is that Yoda was made of silicone instead of, uh, I think the original ones was a foam rubber, did they say? So, which is more durable. It moves, it technically moves better, but I think some of the charm of the old Yoda was kind of the the floppiness of it and the translucentness of the different rubber. But they did, they got Frank Oz involved. He suggested some modifications. Um, one of the big ones is they actually did Yoda's brow uh radio controlled because that was the thing he always had trouble with the hand puppet because he had i think like his middle fingers for the eyes and then there's another finger for the brow and his (laughs) when his arm would fall asleep he'd have trouble doing the brow and the mouth at the same time so there was more kind of radio controlled stuff Um, they also added a like a mechanism to allow yoda to smile (laughs) yeah. <laughs> which she never really gets a chance to do in Phantom Menace. He's grouchy the whole time. <laughs> and then again, you know, Frank Oz is the, the magic behind Yoda, but he always has his little crew of people helping. And for Phantom Menace, they brought in uh, David Greenaway again, who was the guy to do the eyes, who was the guy who did the eyes back on Jedi. So, you know, they tried to, to make the best Yoda yet. <laughs> best intentions don't always pan out, I guess. What does that got to do with anything? Everything. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. The Last Jedi Yoda is about the closest they've gotten back to that that Empire Yoda. But it's you know it's funny like you say the thing with the upper lip. I remember some people talking about the upper lip on Last Jedi Yoda being kind of weird do you think in last jedi yoda that's more of like the einstein mustache upper lip did they bring in a little bit of return of the jedi yoda into last jedi yoda i don't know because i thought it seemed like they made a point of trying to go back to the original empire molds but i don't know i always feel like a lot of it's just i mean kind of the secret to all the star wars like it's just how it was edited in an in an empire and jedi it's just the angles they use and the lighting just you never see it's like you don't see Yoda's bad side. And with Last Jedi, we just get that one kind of full on Yoda shot from the beginning with the bright light coming from the fire behind the camera. That's just not a situation that you you saw a classic Yoda puppet in. There's there's definitely uh, some magic to getting Yoda puppet to work. I got no problems with that Yoda puppet personally. And I the magic was there. I mean, at first when, yeah, with that one shot where it's, I think it's just kind of weird because it's like, Oh my God, it's a Yoda puppet. But then once he's there and he's sitting and talking to Luke and he's bringing the whole message of the movie home and hitting him in the head with a stick. It's just like, I was choking up. I was like getting emotional in a star Wars movie. Cause I was just like, man, this is what it's all about. It's Yoda. You're still alive. Yoda. I still love you. Yoda. It was perfect, the reasoning to bring him back, that if you're going to have Luke talking to Yoda, it's got to be a puppet. The puppet is Yoda. Goofy lips or whatever. I mean, that's Yoda, and he he's always had that. And that's just, that's just how Yodas look. If you went to Yoda Planet and caught a Yoda, they look like rubber puppets. That's just how they look. The entire weight of that scene in The Last Jedi that is so important to that movie... None of that would have worked without what Stuart Freeborn did back in 1979, the way Irvin Kirshner shot it, the work of uh, Wendy Midner, Wendy Froud, and Nick Malley, all those people. Like Their contribution to 
all of Star Wars, I think is pretty underrated. Yeah, because if the puppet didn't work in Empire, we wouldn't get the puppet in Jedi, which is a huge part of Jedi. We wouldn't have gotten Yoda as a character in the prequels to make everyone love Yoda even more, to make you choke up in Last Jedi to see little old Yoda come back. Like maybe Vader's the most recognizable Star Wars character around the world, but Yoda's probably a close second. It's just an iconic character from Star Wars and just an iconic character in cinema history in general. And one of the most loved. I don't think there's a Star Wars fan out there who doesn't love Yoda. Yeah, it's like someone who doesn't like ice cream. (laughs) Don't trust them. Yeah. They could be a robot. They're not real. (laughs) They're a hologram person. Beware. Oh, we we love you, Yoda. My words, not did you pass on what you have learned? Strength, mastery, hmm. but weakness, folly, failure also. Yes, failure most of all. The greatest teacher failure is. We are what they grow beyond. That is the true burden of all masters. All right, so we have got one iTunes review that we've been meaning to read for a while, and let's do it. What is going on with this iTunes review? So this is from Jimmy Page, Guitar God, and it says, Hands down the best Star Wars podcast yet. Love your podcast. The George Lucas impressions always get a laugh out of me, and I've learned so much freaking stuff I never heard before. Every single episode is full of fascinating tidbits and the sound bites are fire. There's a picture of fire, always spot on a little picture of fire. Keep it up. Your biggest fan, Robert. Thank you, Robert, a.k.a. Jimmy Page, Guitar God. And thanks for the hot fire. If you're into rock and roll, you like it hot. You should leave us an iTunes review just like Robert, a.k.a. Jimmy Page, Guitar God, All you got to do when you're done listening is head over to iTunes, write something, and we'll read it just like we did that one. Thank you. 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 Hi, J.J. Abrams here. On behalf of the entire cast and crew of Star Wars Episode 7, thank you. Your step must be quick. Your action, sure. Yoda Puppet and the Force Lightsaber, each sold separately. As you move your lightsaber, the sound of the force moves with you. It can be a powerful friend. That is your first lesson. Learn it well. The force is my lightsaber. The force is in all things, even you, my young Jedi. The force lightsaber and new Yoda puppet, each sold separately from Kenner Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection. And these last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. And check out blastpointspodcast.com. You can get t-shirts, listen to theme music, see comics, new recipes. Uh, yeah, there's a yummy one up there right now for Mountain Dewback Cakes. Ooh! Everyone's favorite summer treat. 
And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you can find podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Like we said in the beginning of the show, Solo is coming up and just it's just weeks away. There's going to be another trailer for Solo. The preview is already out. You're not going to want to miss all the exciting stuff we got planned coming into the lead up of Solo. There's going to be some real cool stuff coming. If you subscribe, you won't miss it. It's just like just that easy. Yep. If uh, a solo trailer comes out and you pass out, you black out for a few days. When you wake up, last points will be waiting for you. <laughs> and share the show out with your friends. Tell some peeps. Tell people you work with. Rent a blimp and have listen to blast points on the side of it. Skywriting. I'm always pushing for that. Someday. Someday someone will get blast points written in the sky. So that about wraps up episode 119. We'll be back next week. We'll still probably be talking about Denny's. The second Denny's uh, teaser trailer will come out. We'll be talking about that. Thanks for listening, folks. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you. that character i believe in answers in life or attempted solutions in life that are not easy i believe in long term working hard and uh, being sensitive to your needs and other people's needs yoda believes in that too there's a great deal of strength and power in yoda tremendous there's a richness of character and uh, he he's struggling against the force and it's a tremendously mythic courageous and lonely struggle as a matter of fact, when I was doing Yoda, I had a dream. I had a dream at home, and I kept on... Uh, in, in the dream, I said to myself, no, you're not going to go to sleep until you, you do get the ears and the nose and the eyes and the frowning and the hands and everything right. So I kept on doing it over and over in my dream until I did it right. And so I was so involved in it day by day, I didn't really think about the outcome, and I don't know if the other people thought about the outcome. Uh, We were just concerned about doing it the best way we could. Go see The Empire Strikes Back with Yoda. May the Force be with all of you.